Welcome to the sermon podcast for First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Please visit us at fccwarsaw.com to learn more about our church or to make plans to be with us on a Sunday morning. Again, that's fccwarsaw.com. Amen. Hey, let's just show our appreciation to our worship team this morning for leading us in worship here on Palm Sunday. Thank you all very much. You do such a great job every week. Speaking of our worship team, uh, one of my favorite worship team members is my mother-in-law, Sue Krause, who's on the clavinova or the keyboard. And last Sunday, you might know if you were here or you watched online, we uh, ended the service with these Kingdom Worker cards, opportunities to go out in the world and bless others. Well, Sue got one of the cards of pay it forward at a drive-thru, right? Pay for the person behind you at the drive-thru. So she did her assignment this last week, but she, prior to that, was telling her husband, my father-in-law, Glenn, like, oh, man, is it wrong of me if I look to see how many people are in the car behind me at the drive-thru, right? Because I I just want to make sure that I do this, but I don't want to have, like, a whole van load of people. So anyway, they went out to dinner on one night this last week, Glenn and Sue did. Then they decided they were going to go over to Burger King for $1 cones, right? They're really splurging on dessert, right? So it's going to be a $2 dessert night, okay? And they look at the car behind them, and Sue says to Glenn, Oh, look, it looks like a grandma and her granddaughter. Can we pay it forward for them? That would be such a blessing. Plus, the car's not real full, right? It's just the two of them. So they, buy, they pay their two bucks for their ice cream cones. Oh, we'd like to pay for the car behind us. That'll be $28. <laughs> So their $2 ice cream night turns into $30 at Burger King. So I drew that same card. Second service, I drew that card last Sunday. And I, uh, I did my pay it forward at McDonald's over lunch yesterday. $2.38. <laughs> and Sue said, well, maybe the Lord just needed to teach her more of a lesson. I don't know. But I found that hilarious. Hey, happy Palm Sunday to all of you. I'm so glad that you're here. I love this Easter season. And I love this Sunday in particular, Palm Sunday, because it's, it's all about praise. It's all about worship. And I want us to, to dig into that a little bit this morning. I'm going to take us through a number of scriptures. Uh, if you want to open your Bible to the first one we're going to look at, it's in the Old Testament book of Zechariah. It's right near the end of the Old Testament, chapter 9. So if you want to hold that in readiness, we'll look at that in just a moment. But I want to start today with a question for you. Here's a question. What's the difference between a horse and a donkey? What's the difference between a horse and a donkey? They're pretty similar in some regards because they both have four legs, they both have hooves, they both have long faces, uh, they have upright ears, and they have tails. They both have a mane of hair running along the tops of their necks. But they're also different as well because donkeys have longer ears, horses have softer manes, horses have larger hooves, and donkeys have flatter backs. Horses have 64 chromosomes, and donkeys have 62. Plus, here's a key difference as well. A donkey was a BFF with an ogre, but a horse was a BFF with a Rogers. All right. I thought that was kind of clever. See the little the similarity in ogre and Rogers there? Anyway, some of you here in the room, either one or the other of those two analogies was just lost on you, I realize, because maybe of your age. But anyway, yes, donkey and Shrek and then Roy Rogers and Trigger. Now, as fascinating as that all is, there is a major difference between a horse and a donkey that will dramatically alter the course of your life once you know it. And that's what I want to, talk to us, have us talk about here together today. This difference between a horse and a donkey that will dramatically alter the course of our lives once we know it, it's revealed to us in the Bible, and it has a whole lot to do with this day that we call Palm Sunday. 
Now, Palm Sunday is a historical event that took place in Jerusalem exactly one week before Easter. It took place exactly one week, the Sunday prior to Easter Sunday. And this day was predicted for the people of Israel long before it happened in the book of Zechariah, through the prophet Zechariah, chapter 9, verses 9 and 10, which say this, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river, the river Euphrates, to the ends of the earth. So this was the prophecy. Hey, Israel, your king comes to you. Righteous, victorious, lowly. Righteous, meaning right and just in every way. Victorious, having God's salvation upon him. And lowly or humble. The previous verses in Zechariah chapter 9 are all about destruction. Presumably, they're about Alexander the Great's conquest of the Holy Land. And then you get these words that come next in that ninth chapter of Zechariah. And they're all about a coming king uh, that would show up on a donkey as a man of the people. Not somebody who'd be flashy or flamboyant, but somebody who'd bring peace. Now, the prophecy had been given, and the people of Israel were waiting. They were waiting. They were waiting. Hundreds of years went by. Long time away. This should sound familiar because we just read it. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Quoted right there from Zechariah chapter 9.
toast up with a hosanna or with a with a ho hum. When my daughters Faith and Jordan were little, it was awesome to come home after a day of work because I'd I'd open the door right, be ready there about time for dinner. And they'd been waiting for me all day, right, to come back home. And so I opened the door, I'd hear those words, Daddy! Daddy's were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean, coming out of his mouth as a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He'll rule them with an iron scepter. He treads this and everyone will respond. Romans chapter 14 says this, for we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So did you catch that? The response is there. Just like the responses on Palm Sunday, there will be physical gestures at the return of Jesus. Every knee will bow. Everyone will kneel face down in his presence. There'll be verbal praises. Every tongue will acknowledge God. Every person will confess Jesus as Lord. Every person in that moment will verbalize that Jesus Christ is, in fact, King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who holds all authority in the universe. So the biggest difference between a horse and a dog pictured like this. So take a look at this picture. Here's Jesus on Palm Sunday, right? And take a look at this. Here's Jesus when he returns. That's a pretty big difference. On Palm Sunday, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. He was the Messiah who was coming and he was showing that he was ushering in a kingdom. But what is he, was he ushering in that kingdom by making war? Absolutely not. In a physical sense with other people and nations on earth, he would go to the cross and do battle with Satan or wage war with him. But a day is coming when the same Jesus will come back on a horse, on a white horse, like a Roman general would in a victorious parade, 
He looked so docile, didn't he, on the donkey? He looked so calm. He looked so peaceful. But look at him now. He's a warrior. He's the one who's defeated Satan. He's the one who's defeated all evil. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He wears many crowns and all nations are under his authority. I like this tweet from Ben Kacharis, who's a pastor at Mountain Christian Church out in Joppa, Maryland. After a recent election, he said this, Regardless of who's in the Oval Office, God is on the throne. It's not about the one in the White House. It's about the one on the white horse, right? It's about the one on the white horse. Now, friends, that that picture we just had up on the screen, that's the very last image that we receive of Jesus in the Bible. That's the last one. Kind of as you get to the end of the story, that's the picture that Jesus wants to leave us of himself. It's the last image we have of him. When he comes back, there's going to be reward for the faithful. There's going to be judgment for those who rejected him. And man, he looked so tame on that donkey, though, didn't he? So, so humble and meek. But shortly after that time when he was on the donkey, he was dead on the cross. His body was placed in a tomb, but he, but he rose again. And now he is this untamable force of a person. There's a, a moment in C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia books where little Susan and um, Lucy Pevensey, the two sisters are talking to two creatures, Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, about Aslan, the lion, who's the Christ figure in the book. And so Susan Pevensey asks Mr. and Mrs. Beaver about Aslan, the Christ figure. She asks, is he safe? And Mrs. Beaver says, if there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or just silly. So he isn't safe, Lucy asks. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. The last image we have of Jesus in the Bible, somebody who can't be tamed, somebody who's wild, somebody who is wildly passionate about you. Jesus is saying to us, I believe, through that final image he gives us in the Bible of himself, this is the best way that I can remind you of what it is absolutely all about. You need to see me like this. You need to have this picture of me in your mind so that you can know how it all turns out. So, friends, as we're here on Palm Sunday, 2021, in person, praise the Lord, right? In person, Palm Sunday, 2021. What's the difference between a horse and a donkey? Well, here it is. The difference between a horse and a donkey is this. When Jesus is on a donkey, you can choose to praise him. When Jesus is on a horse, you'll have to praise him. But at the judgment seat of God, it's only those who chose to praise him that enter into eternal life. So yeah, when Jesus is on a donkey and he's walking into Jerusalem, you can choose to praise him in that moment. Hey, Jesus... Hosanna, blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord. When Jesus returns on a horse, every knee is going to bow and every knee is going to bow and every tongue has to confess in that moment and will. Jesus Christ is Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords. At the judgment seat of God, though, it's only those who chose to praise him during their lifetime, chose to praise him and lift his name high with their lives that get to enter eternal life. 
you're going to do it someday. You're going to bow your knee to Jesus someday. You're going to proclaim that he's King of Kings and Lord of Lords someday. So why not do it now? Why not do it now? When you learn the difference between a horse and a donkey, it will dramatically alter the course of your life. The difference between a horse and a donkey will dramatically alter the course of your life because when that happens, Jesus will get first place in your life all the time. We'll view everything in life through the lens of his return. We'll live in ways that are directed toward proclaiming him and ways for him and because of him, because we'll know in any moment that he might return. We make it our aim to please him and to obey him, to relate to him, to know him and to be like him, like we were talking in the New and Improved series that we just did for the last four weeks. It's all about him. You'll become more confident and content we'll be more hopeful, we'll be more settled, more secure, not worried or anxious about the future. And others around us will be more blessed as well because we'll want others to experience Jesus also and to know and be prepared for his arrival as well. Just like how we ended this last series last Sunday talking about going out into the world, being disciples who are a blessing to others so that they can know about Jesus as well. So friends, here you are. You're entering Passion Week. It's a big week for us as followers of Jesus, and there are some great experiences here at First Christian Church that you can be a part of. In just a few days, Friday night, Good Friday, uh, April the 2nd, 7 p.m., we have a worship service here. This is going to be a, a great, interactive, deeply moving time of worship that we've been planning and working on for many months now, and we're hoping that you'll be able to be here and remember together with us and experience together in a deep way what Jesus has done on the cross on Good Friday so that we might be forgiven. And the next Sunday, of course, is Easter Sunday, April the 4th, our two service times of 9.15 and 11. We're going to give praise to our victorious risen King. We're going to raise the roof here with our praises and celebrate together that Jesus Christ is alive forevermore, giving him first place, living with more confidence and contentment and blessing others as a result of that as we leave this place. But this business today of Palm Sunday about a horse and a donkey, that will propel you into this week. Will you bend your knee today to Jesus? Will you verbally praise him? You are going to do it one day. We don't need to be so, so fatalistic about it, but that, that's, that's our future. We, we are going to do this one day. But oh, the joy of beginning to do it right now. The joy of beginning to do it right now when we still have the choice and when we're promised so much in return and that we gain the assurance of this victorious risen king lives in us and changes us and is for us and not against us as we live with him every day of our lives. Oh, the joy in that when we become a worshiper of Jesus. Why not now, friends, right? Why not now? This week, let's give him our very best praise, our very best adoration, our very best worship in everything that we do, in everywhere we go, being a blessing to others, maybe even bringing a friend here with us next week to worship together, honoring Jesus, the victorious King. Amen? Hey, let's pray together and uh, we'll finish out our time of worship today. You want to stand with me as we do? Let's offer up this prayer as we close our worship time today. Hey, before I, before I pray for us, I also want to let you know if you are here today and you'd like to be prayed for personally, 
or if you want to talk to somebody about beginning a relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, there'll be a couple of us just hanging out up front here by the platform, and we'd love to spend a moment praying with you, praying for somebody that maybe is in need of prayer. Uh, Obviously, we were hoping from this place in this moment we'd be sending you out to uh, have fun with baby animals and stuff with your families. We are truly sorry about that, but we do have a pretty cool photo booth out in the foyer. You can get some family photos out there if you want to as well. But before that, let's just uh, lift our praise up through prayer in Jesus. And if you're comfortable doing so, let's just put our hands out before our Father like this. Heavenly Father, we are so, so very grateful for this Palm Sunday. What a great day to remember who Jesus truly is, who he is in this moment, conquering victorious king who's coming back again. We want from our lives, from our mouths, from our bodies to come absolute praise and adoration toward Jesus this coming week. We pray that everything that we do will be in response to this reigning victorious king, your son Jesus, who's coming back again. Father, prepare us for entering into the sorrow of Good Friday and the celebration of Easter in this week. Keep our eyes open to those around us that we can continue to bless. Keep our eyes open to those that we might be able to comfort, encourage, invite, befriend, bring into our lives and our friendship circles so that they might know about Christ as well. And we pray that you'll keep First Christian Church strong through this season, that we truly will be a people who collectively are all about Jesus, praising him and honoring him and all about others knowing him too, so that the world might be changed. Your kingdom come here, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray these things through the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everybody says, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We invite you to join us for worship on an upcoming Sunday morning. Check out our website at fccwarsaw.com for more details and information. Again, that's fccwarsaw.com.